Hey everyone, welcome to Tatonic, a business, tech, and finance podcast. I'm Nels Tate, let's get into it. I'm here with Rick Benj, who is a good friend of mine, but also a, a, a better friend because he happens to be my father-in-law. He's a, a great guy and I've got to know him over the last couple of years, but talking with Rick, Rick is actually, he has a history of working with a uh, couple tech companies, one you might have heard of a little company called Microsoft, as well as uh, a really interesting sports-related technology company called Synergy, which is interesting. But Rick's been involved with a couple different um, uh, companies over the years that have been uh, provided a really interesting career, and he's had the opportunity to work around some uh, really cool things. So we're excited to have Rick on the show today. Rick, good to have you here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Uh, a little bit. I want to go into your history a little bit. Um, I remember one of the first conversations I had with you. I was a asking if it was okay to date your daughter, which was um, I think you said that was okay. But in the process, we transitioned into the conversation of like, so what do you do? Like, what is your history? What have you been about? And at this point, I believe you were actually working with Synergy because um, this was a back in twenty four. Yeah, it was in yeah. 2014. That's correct. So yeah. um, I believe you were a Synergy, at least part-time then. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but at that point, you told me that you would work for Microsoft for a number, quite a number of years, multiple stints with them, um, which was uh, pretty cool to hear about. But maybe you, maybe you can take us all the way back to the beginning, because you're originally from Idaho, now living in Washington State and uh, went to college in Washington, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe you can start us all the way back at the beginning. Uh-huh. Okay, um, <laughs> well, uh, after I got out of college, I was uh, looking for a job, and I lived in a small town in central Washington, and, uh, but my girlfriend, who's now my wife, uh, lived in Redmond, and uh, one day she said, well, you know, why are you you know, intervening from this, you know, little town in central Washington, why don't you, you know, come over here or something like that. And so I said, well, I don't have a job. And she goes, you know, because I'd worked in a hardware store before, and she said, well, there's a hardware store right at the bottom of the hill. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, I, I tried it. She convinced you. She convinced me, <laughs> and uh, literally I started working in Ernst. <laughs> that no longer exists now, but at the time it did, in Redmond. Uh, and started interviewing from there, right? I mean, Ernst was just a, a job so that I could be close by for an interview. And I had got, uh, I sent in my resume to different things. Um, my background is I have a degree in management information systems. Oh, cool. This is pre, yeah. we didn't even have microcomputers. Where, at, where'd at you go college. to? Because you went to school at Eastern, Eastern, Eastern Washington oh, University. Oh, the, the Red Field. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Anyway, I, I put my resume in, and I got a call. I got a, a job interview at Microsoft. Um, Which was a tiny company then. Yeah, well. Well, I mean, you pretty, know, pretty, by today's it, standards, oh, yeah, it, was not, it was nothing like it was. In fact, um, uh, later on, I'd been offered the job, and, and I called up uh, one of my college profs, and I said, I got a job interview with this company called Microsoft. What do you think? And she goes, well, I don't know anything about them other than they make a good Fortran compiler or something like that, you know. And and so, you know, at, at the time, you know, they were just a small company. I didn't know them at all. And so I got hired originally working in retail product support. 
So retail product support, and which so was in, in those what was this timeline? What was this timeline? Because this, this was is in uh, October of 1984. 1984. So I mean, this was basically when this is pre Windows. I want to say. Oh yeah, this yeah. is pre pre IPO. There wasn't a public Microsoft. This is a yeah. you know nothing <laughs> like a company. Uh, and the big product that they had was uh, Multiplan. And soon after they had Word when I'd started in product support, so they were expanding their support because they had, you know, a lot of these retail customers that, you know, maybe they people had used WordStar or stuff like that, but they had never used Word or Multiplan or whatever. Uh, and so that's that's where I started working is in retail product support. That's cool. <laughs> so you were basically right, right out of college yeah. with a degree in, in management um, technology, effectively, yeah. and... Focusing on were you so did you start out doing management for um, for retail basically the retail tech product? Mm, no, my well, my management information systems is the equivalent of co a COBOL degree, right? I mean, I mean and, and my minor was computer science, so oh, I had uh, so you had a little bit of coding. Yeah, in, in fact, I, yeah. I my in in those days I was thinking I wanted to be a developer, a coder, right? Sure. Uh, in fact, when I, when I interviewed, they actually had me turn in a code sample. That was part of the job interview is to turn it in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, but, but of course, I mean, you know, Microsoft had a very well-developed uh, development staff. I mean, they had some, you know, Charles Simone and Gordon Letwin, and there were some guys that knew what they were doing there, <laughs> just to say that. So yeah. some kid that comes in from Eastern Washington <laughs> University, I mean, I'm sure there are people that did that, but for me, no, it wasn't, I, I wasn't at that level. Um, and so when I, and I liked retail product support. I mean, you know, I liked helping people. They'd call up on the phone and, you know, I got a problem with Microsoft Word or whatever it is. And, you know, helping them out was really interesting. So, yeah. yeah. And was this primarily like end users or were these like businesses that you were working with <laughs> that were the, that were calling you up and they were like, Hey, I need this to work. And, you know, <laughs> well, the funny thing is in those days, right. <clears throat> they didn't have a, a difference between, you know, a business client or a retail client. So you could be on the phone and talk to anybody. I mean, within less than six months, one, one of the calls I got, this is, they have, Microsoft also had a product called Microsoft Chart, and I don't remember when this happened, but um, I was on the phone, and, and I'm green, like I'm less than a year. Uh, and I get a call, and this guy is from, he's the CIO or something of Chevron. Like, he's, you know, I don't know how many units he's got, but he's got this plotter that he's using with Microsoft Chart, and he's asking me questions, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. I mean, like, he, I don't know if you realize. I mean, I probably sounded young, but, I mean, you know, we had no idea. He's talking to some kid, you know, just yeah. right out of college, yeah. you know. But he's this big wig at, you know, Chevron yeah. or whatever. And I, so I said, uh, got his details down, and, and we didn't, you know, of course, we didn't have every plotter. We, yeah. we had a few plotters, so we knew exactly, you know, how it operated but we didn't have his particular plot or to, right. to find out if it was a bug with that or whatever so take all the details down sometimes we ended up sending it off to the development staff or sometimes you know every one of us had a specialty like uh, we had another person who specialized in you know handling all, all the high-end charting issues and stuff yeah. like that so yeah so <laughs> you could get anybody I got everybody from you know <laughs> We had nicknames for him too, like this, you know, because there would always be the same lady they would call in, and she goes, "Now, I don't know how to build my autoexec.bat file," and we're like, you know, well, ma'am, that's not a Microsoft product, you know, that's a, 
that's something that you build that boot you know it's like you know and people just didn't some of the concepts they, they, just they, they didn't just, yeah. just you know or you would get somebody on there that you know really knew what they were doing and then it's like you know i mean so you the gamut was you know it was everything right <laughs> right across the board so you it's yeah. like you had a multitude of different <laughs> and a massively diverse massively diverse and uh, a lot of different people to talk to uh, talk about drinking from the fire hose initially oh, it's like, <laughs> it, it was it was it was really drinking from the fire hose and and it was so in those days uh, people had to <laughs> this is going to sound funny but people paid to call right you long distance wasn't free yeah so people yeah. would wait on hold and and we were gr- graded on our phone our hold time right oh yeah well but there was only, I think, when I started, there might have been eight of us, maybe ten, on the retail side. There was a, there was an app, application slash system side, and then there was the more retail side, yeah. right? <laughs> Although we we did have COBOL because our manager <laughs> knew COBOL and it was his specialty, so COBOL calls also got routed to the retail product support side. So anyway, uh, there, I don't know, there was eight of us or so in, on the retail side, and there was a lot of calls. So we could get hold times 20, 25 minutes, and these are people who were paying... Long distance rates in those days that long to wait to talk to us, you know, and so the hiring was crazy. I mean, I think my uh, <laughs> I don't think I ever had my my own office. I mean, this, it sounds funny now because it's like, I'm, of course, you didn't have your own office right out of school, but at Microsoft that was a big deal. Everybody yeah. had their own office, but because we were growing so fast, we would always have two and sometimes three people in an office all talking on the phone at the same time. Right. It was almost like a boiler room on Wall Street. It, kind was, of thing. Yeah. it was similar to that. Yes, exactly. Was, so, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And so, uh, basically, you started right out of school there in 1984, and then yep. you were there for quite some time, not just in the retail side, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, you know, as Microsoft grew and things like that, I mean, some of it became, uh, you know, because product support was viewed as a cost center, right? And so... There was all these pressures to you know reduce the call time and turn it into more of a create efficiencies and yeah exactly yeah. and since you probably guessed by now I'm a talker um, and and that just didn't I mean you know it didn't suit me well to I didn't really want to cut people off you know I'm fine with you know they needed had a problem I was going to solve it for them and I was going to solve it in what I thought was a professional and uh, courteous manner and I felt some of the policies probably pushed towards being a little discourteous to the people. So sure. I cutting them it, off a little early. Yeah, or, you know, you know, like, sorry, you're gonna move on. Or, yeah. or there was, you know, we would OEM a version of DOS to, or I mean, of Word to um, uh, digital. And digital these, were, these were physical disks you were sending out, or physical. Uh, no, these were even prior to floppies at that point. No, no, no. We had floppies there. Okay. Yeah, but, but so they were, you know, like. We were just rolling through people, right? And so the, the whole thing, like I said, with, you know, if, if it was a licensed version of Microsoft Word and it was from digital, we would, they, people would call in. And even though the interface and everything was the same, it was licensed to them and they were required to provide support for it, right? right. So we would have to say, I'm sorry, the version of Microsoft Word you have was a version from digital and therefore you need to get support from digital. And, I mean, we knew the answer. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, transfer escape or whatever it was. Um, but we couldn't really provide that kind of support. So, long story is, is that I, I I don't say I burned out of product support, but I grew tired of uh, being pressured to do that. So, right, those policies. Exactly. Those so, and, and there's Microsoft had millions of opportunities. So, yeah. Um, and I, you can move within the company well, which is oh, cool. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 
And uh, so I interviewed with uh, a guy who worked in user education. Um, and he was looking for somebody who was going to, there was, in those days, they used these big image and laser printers. And they had these uh, T-Roth macros that, that formulated image the page, right? And they had a guy doing that. And he needed help. He was just, you know, trying to keep up with all the stuff. And uh, so I was hired not so much as his assistant, but but basically to offload some of the stuff that he had because in those days, user ed was basically writers and editors, right? They weren't necessarily, right, right. I mean, and I don't want to say this disparagingly, they weren't as technical as necessarily as a developer. So no, of course. And, and they, it wasn't like the age of the, the personal computer yet yeah, where it's exactly. like it was simple to use and anybody could pick it up. It's like you had to have a little bit of technical knowledge to use this. Yeah, exactly. So I was then the kind of internal support for this user education group uh, and helped this guy with his T-Roth macros, which it turned out to be, he did all the macros and I did all the tech support <laughs> kind of stuff. But, yeah. but he had a lot of the, you know, he knew a lot of the tools that Microsoft used and things like that. So, and, and there really wasn't, and I, the IT group at Microsoft, and I can say this with perfect, <laughs> they just they just didn't, weren't there very well. They didn't really have an IT group of, of any sort. Sure. So people would come into user ed and they would, they needed a new computer, right? They, I mean, you know, they get a new computer and they needed it set up, right? Yeah, yeah. And so rather than just slap an OS on it and stuff like that, we, <laughs> we ended up building these standardized tool sets and environments that were common for like a writer or an editor or whatever. Oh, uh, so you, you basically had templates, effectively, yeah. where you would, you would have these like, oh, it's like, okay, you're a writer. Or an editor. So yeah. you need to be able to come in and you need to be able to utilize these tools right. and you'd set up, basically set up their computer for them in a exactly. way. Yeah. And, 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 and in an automated fashion. Like, I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous now, but, but people would come in and, you know, somebody would say, oh, Bill got hired. He gets Sally's old computer and they just hand it to him. And so then whatever the prior person had on it, that's what they inherited. Right. And so there was no standardization. So like somebody would come in and they go, so how do I do, you know, I, you know, whatever, you know, I don't have Vi, my Vi editor or whatever it is. And so we quickly said, you know, to make this more efficient, we're just going to go in there and set up a standard environment for everybody. I mean, it sounds so common sense now, but at the time that was like, they didn't have that. Right. So <laughs> that was one of the jobs we did. And we built this, I mean, to me, we made these little acronyms. It was called TRIO, the Technical Resources and Information Organization from <laughs> Microsoft. And that was, so that was my next, you know, transition after product support. I did that for a number of years, did the same thing. Uh, and mostly helped user ed. And then after that, um, the company was going to move TRIO into what then became the formal IT group at Microsoft. Oh, and and I'll it. tell you a little yeah. bit about the culture of Microsoft. When I started there, there were, I mean, people didn't wear shoes. They wore tie-dye. They wore cut-offs. They <laughs> well, wore, this is the 80s. Uh, I, well, not only that, but they just... That was just the culture. That was just yeah. it, right? I mean, you know, there was no... It was nothing how, like that. How big was but, the company at this point? I, when I first started, I think it was about four or 500, somewhere in oh, that Oh, okay. So right? that's, I mean, it, that's... I would class that as more in the medium to oh, large. Okay. Like I mean, you, I, I, like I'm saying, you know, looking at it now, when you have like thousands and thousands of employees, it's like it was substantially smaller. Oh than, yeah. yeah, yeah. Starting point. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> the culture-wise, the IT group at the time 
were the guys who actually wore suits and ties to work, even at Microsoft, which was for me almost like uh, I could, I, I just was like, no. I mean, here I am, a college kid that's been, you know, in this loosey goosey environment forever. And suddenly they're going to move what the organization I'd been working for under IT and, and turn it into this more formalized, you know, IT thing. So then I transitioned again to, in, they didn't actually have these, the name of these, but they were called program managers now. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I interviewed for one of those jobs. And, and the job that I interviewed for was in the tools group. Um, and uh, I worked with a development manager there who was really keen on optimizing all the various um, applications that we built, like Excel or Word and stuff like that. So we were the tools. When you say that, optimizing, like you're talking about being able to speed up the program. Yeah. As far as like being able to be more efficient or use less resources or move faster exactly. or whatever exactly. it may be, like reduce exactly. lag or, you know, exactly. okay, got it. Exactly. And when you say the tools, tool, specifically which applications were you working on then? Uh, well, Word, Excel, basically any of the big, yeah, you know, once, once, once we had, yeah. well, in those days it wasn't all It wasn't office. even Office. I was it was, say, it was yeah. Microsoft Access the, right. and not the database thing. It was Microsoft Access, the uh, telecommunications product. But, but there, was a ver there was a variety of things in there. And, and our job was basically, uh, my job was the program manager was to kind of be the, almost like the liaison between them and our development staff regarding what they were going to do. Um, so... <laughs> Everything from well, like like if you were gonna let's say you're gonna target multiple platforms, right? You're gonna tap, you're gonna target Windows, Mac, um, OS two in those days, yep. and things like that, right? So if you if you want to really be an efficient development platform, right, you want to write once and then target all the platforms, right, and then just isolate the code that's specific for that platform, so that. It's this great efficiency, right? I write it once. It's the same on all three. I only have bugs related to the to the stuff that's specific to that platform. So, like, I only have Mac-specific bugs in the Mac version of Word, and I only have OS2 specific things for that platform. Right. So it, it makes it easier to trace it to those individual platforms. Yeah, and it, and from a development standpoint, I'm much more efficient, right? If I can if I can write the bulk of my code but target three different platforms. It makes me not necessarily three times as fast, but quite a bit faster than if I wrote a specific application for Windows, a specific one for Mac, and a specific one for OS2 or whatever it exactly. happened to be. Right? Yeah. So that, that, for instance, was one of the things we did. And then um, you know, I did that for a while, and uh, they ended up moving some of the stuff into... Um, See, was that when I didn't? Because I worked at Microsoft a couple different stints. I don't think that was the time we ended up working in research. At one point at Microsoft, I worked in research, and that was uh, we did uh, block level tuning. Maybe it wasn't then. You can tell I'm getting older now. Forget <laughs> all this stuff. But we did block level tuning, where you would actually at, at, at the block level evaluate. You, you you would annotate your code, and you would run through a common use scenario. And that scenario would then be the basis for how you laid out your code. Right. So anything that was common, right, you would pack that tightly in the code. And anything that was a miss or basically something that's not common would be put farther away in the code. 
so the so it would run extremely efficiently on, on the, the most common on scenarios. The most com- yep, exactly. But the things that were like out there that weren't used all the time exactly. would just take more time to use. Would, you'd be penalized for right. And the, and the whole point sure. is, is we'd tell the product guys, we'd say, "Hey, look, you you need to tune this for what scenarios you want. So if sure. you want you want boot to be fast, then tune boot scenario. If you want, you know." Transfer, save, or whatever, you know, whatever, open, Got it. you name the scenario, you pick, we'll tune it, but the reality is, is that essentially you're making a prioritized list. Exactly. It's and like, <laughs> what's the most important thing? Launching the program, opening the file, yeah. saving the you file, got you, got you know, changing to a telex. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly the big thing right there. Yeah. And so that, so that was, uh, it, our job was basically to use this block level tuning, right? But again, um... The developers at Microsoft are, you know, a they have a lot of pride, and and there is some, believe me, there's some brilliant guys there. I mean, backgrounds like you would not believe in, amazing engineers. And so, if you come to them and say, "Hey, I've got this tool that's going to shred your program, rearrange it at the block level, and it's going to be bug free, and everybody's going to be happy," they're going to, you know. <laughs> give you the genocide yeah. look like <laughs> go flag high. So one of my jobs was to help, you know, can not only convince them but but be the bring liaison, some, bring some of the data that showed that in fact this did work, right? And yeah. so I think when we started doing it, uh, a couple of the applications guys were they were pretty interested because I mean they could see wins in some of their scenarios. But the big deal was we finally got um, so Dave Cutler worked on. Um, NT at the time. Mm. And uh, when we talked to him, he was like, you know, well, look, we're, we're not, yeah, we're not this Word or Excel. We're none of the, those guys. We're the system side. We're not going to risk, you know, Microsoft's rep on this technology, yep. you know, kind of yep. a real more somber tone, right? Um, but there was a couple guys on the on the team that were interested in, in, in using our stuff, right? And so we... Uh, uh, had him run through some scenarios and everything like that. And Dave was going through this, like, you know, like, look, you're going if, if we're going to even think about this, you guys are going to have to wear pagers and we're going to want to, you know, 24 seven access to you guys. And, you know, on and on and on about all the things just to right. be able to use this. And we're like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's like, I mean, you know, I, we get it. And we knew it was going to be hard, but it was like, this is Dave's pretty intense guy. He's an ex Marine and he's, he's serious. <laughs> So the big win was uh, one of the drivers that, for NT, right? They tried it, and the the, the speed up was like, I don't know, 17, 20%. It was huge. I, I don't That's remember. substantial. Well, the reason why is because the optimized version then fit in the cache. In the ca- and it, as long as it, if it was in the cache, I mean, boom, it was right there. So yeah. once it was cached, so... That alone then made the big deal convincing that, you know, hey, in fact, these guys are probably worthwhile and da-da-da. Yeah. And it's, they, magically they after that, like, suddenly, yeah. all you know, like... Everybody was coming to do PowerPoint tune was tuning with us and Axis and everybody was all happy about that. So, <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So I was very happy that NT decided that we got a cash win basically through NT. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And so the the block tuning thing, I think you you mentioned this right here was um, you've been at you went out to Microsoft a couple times. Mm-hmm. There, it wasn't just a, a single career run there. It's yep. you were there, you left, and then you came back. 
um, which is kind of interesting. What was it like going back to Microsoft? <laughs> or what was that whole process? Oh, uh, that's... Uh, so, I worked there from 84 to 96, okay? So, you had a 12-year so, stint there. 12 years. And then I, and I left in 96. So, you left right in the, like, the Windows... Um, that that was like yeah. after the '95 launch. Yeah, we'd launched '95 and everything like that. And, and and Office, the initial like big version of Office, I want to say, came out in the yeah. just prior to '95. In there, I, so. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna screw up the time frames just because it's been so long ago. But yeah, I, I know we launched Windows '95 because you know we'd go to the ship parties and stuff like that. So and I know Windows '95 was around then. Yeah. Uh, but Microsoft was then, you know, it was a. Uh, a booming company, yeah. and uh, you know, the, the it was public, and the stock was zooming, and there was a lot of people there that um, were accumulating a lot of wealth. Sure, and um, I, I just was, I just wasn't. I'm, I'm a small town kid, and I guess I just wasn't comfortable with that much wealth that around my family. Like you know, yeah. are we going to get an au pair? We're going to vacation in. You know Morocco, right? Or, you know what? You know what kind of boat are we going to get? And yeah. you know, are we going to have a Porsche or uh, things like? And that, and that's not true of everybody there, right? But but there was enough of that there. It was that, a culture. It was a culture. Yeah, you know, thing. it was. It, and maybe it was just me. You know, it's just uh, you know, like I said, I was a small town kid. So, um, and it, that and the weather was. I mean, it rains. <laughs> it rains there all the time. There's no. I mean, I don't, if anybody tells you this doesn't, I mean, they're full of it. I mean, it rains <laughs> a lot there. <laughs> so I left in 96, um, moved to eastern Washington, sunny side of the state, everything. Um, and had, a, you know, had two little girls and everything is good. In fact, you're married to the, the little I'm, one. I'm married to one, one of those little girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, that was in 96. And then, of course, there was the... Big uh, 2001 stock market crash, yep, .com and things like that. Yeah, yep. exactly. That happened, and uh, uh, see what I mean. I guess there, there was a variety of things that went on. So during that ten year stretch, there wasn't. I mean, I mean, it's not like I didn't do anything, but I just didn't have. It, it wasn't the same as Microsoft. It wasn't right. the same level of intensity. Yeah, it wasn't really a nine to five job. Yeah. I was doing the things that I like to do and things like that. Um, and uh, and so this is in now, been two thousand and five. I guess would be the I, I was <laughs> I got this. It'll get now. I know that I was in research the first time because I got this an email from Microsoft Research, and it says we'd like to invite you to the whatever ten or fifteen year anniversary of Microsoft Research, and I'm thinking, well. This this must be wrong, right? I mean, I've been away from the company for ten years, right? Yeah. So why why all of a sudden do I get this email that says, you know, hey, uh, come you to know, this, hey, come to this know, big soiree in downtown Seattle, and so I call him up and I said, oh, thanks for the invitation, and she goes, oh no, that's you know, you worked in research, and anybody that worked in Microsoft Research, alumni and everything is welcome to come to. We're gonna have this dinner and everything, and I'm thinking, well. You know, I haven't seen my old buddies. I mean, you know, I I've yeah, seen some, but uh, you know, it's been ten years and I, yeah. I haven't seen anybody. So, so I drove over and uh, saw a bunch of the guys and everything like that. You know, some of them recognized yeah, me up. still and everything hey, like that. In fact, my yeah. old boss was there and everything. That's cool. And uh, so they they asked me what I'm doing and everything, and I you know gave them some stuff that I was going working on and 
not too long after that, I was picking up my oldest at swimming, and I get this phone call. It says, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Who is this?" Yeah, you know, he just got out of the blue, like that, you know. Yeah. And it, it turned out to be one of my old bosses, and he said, uh, "I'm looking for somebody to help out with the compiler team." And I'm like, "You know, it's been you know, it's been ten years since I've been." He goes, "No, no, no. It goes it's some of the same old, you know, you know, some of the same guys and." And I'm thinking, okay, so, uh, I, I, you know, yeah, we'll see how this, this goes, right? And so uh, I started back in 2000 and, is it 2006, Five. I guess. It was, I guess maybe it was 2006 because it was 10 years. It was almost 10 years of, uh, apart there from that. I guess that's right, 2006. November 2006, that's right. Uh, and started back in the compiler group and working uh, on doing this. And, uh, again, this is now a... Um, a next generation compiler that they've been working on. And, and again, they're trying to introduce it to some of the groups that, you know, we're going to use it, right? Because, I mean, internally they use, you know, the the Microsoft's compiler, right? right. And so they were going to switch to this new high-end compiler that does everything. But, of course, you know, everybody, you know, it's the same, you know, which, which is kind of like, exactly. it's kind of like a flashback. It's like, you know, oh my, is it, are we going to go to Cutler? Is that what we're going to have yeah. to do? You know, the same thing, but... I can't remember who it was this. I don't think it was Cutler. He may have been still there. I, I don't remember now. But uh, we had to go back and start doing this, you know, convincing everybody to use this new compiler. But there was a lot of controversy around it. And Microsoft's culture changed. I mean, I, it's night and day. So when I, when I was there the first time, it was, I don't want to call it the Wild West, but, I mean, it was a casual. It was, you know. Yep. I mean, you know, and I'd make decisions and, you know, I was young. And like I said, I, you know, I talked to people that you wouldn't expect a kid, you know, straight out of college to do. And even when I'd and been there for is, a few years. This is under Bill Gates, though, when Bill Gates was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Bill, well, and, and, yeah, that's right. Um, but this, 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 the second time around was, I felt like it was almost like the Federal Bureau of Operating Systems. Yeah. I mean, like, stuff yeah. that, yeah. It, it, you know, they would, <laughs> things that... I felt like I had to ask permission to do. I'm almost like embarrassed. Like what? No. Like, aren't you paying me to make these? What are you doing? You know, it's like it, it, it was, it was ridiculous. And they had this layers of bureaucracy and things like that. It just, it wasn't the same company at all. I mean, yeah. it just, it just it, wasn't. It just changed so much in that 10 years. Well, and you know, it's, and, and <laughs> there, yeah, there wasn't a lot of things that were going the way at least the way I think that uh, it is now. Like yeah. like now, like when you when you're talking about who's running the show. I mean, the time I think was Balmer. Yeah, this, this is the second time I was. I there. think you said that's right. <coughs> and um, now it's Satya Nadella. <coughs> Excuse me. You're good. Um, but uh, yeah, Steve, he was a great cheerleader, and and and, and I like Steve personally. I mean, he's. I never had a billionaire open the door for you, but Steve would, you know. Oh, yeah. I went to a Starbucks, and sure enough, Steve's open the door. Oh, hi, how you doing? <coughs> or you'd see him at the gym, and he'd say hi to you. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, some people, I guess, would assume he'd stand go off their head. No, he's no, he great, like, great guy. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I liked him, so. That's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. I think that was uh, one of the things, you know, we were talking about before is um, <clears throat> we were discussing uh, the – the couple times, speaking of Microsoft CEOs, of um, the time, I think the, you said the first time you met Bill Gates 
when he was with the IBM guys. I want to say it was oh, potentially yeah. in Vegas. And then it, you also mentioned a second time when you did a review with him. Yeah. You went up and uh, did some kind of product review, and his <laughs> knowledge was just insane. But talk a little bit about those times. Uh, so, <laughs> so this is now you're going back to the first time I was there. It was in retail product support, and uh, they sent us to Comdex and had Comdex in Vegas. And product support people would man the booth because we knew the product, right? I mean, that's what we did yeah. all day long, yeah. right? So, you know now. <clears throat> so we would man the booth, and somebody would come up, and they'd want a demo or whatever, and we would man the thing. Well, but Comdex was also where they did the big meetings and everything like that. <clears throat> so one day, uh, we were going, I can't remember if we were just walking to the ship or whatever, and I'm walking with a, a, a buddy of mine, and <laughs> we look over there, and, and at this table... There's a, you know, blue suit, red tie, white shirt, you know, three IBM. of them. IBM. Straight IBM guys, oh, right? Yeah. And this other guy who's at the fourth chair or whatever, and he's sitting there in his chair and he's just, just violently rocking, you know. He's kind of, <laughs> kind of, he looks kind of scraggly and he's, I mean, you know, I, I, and you know, the first thing I said was to my buddy, I said, I said, check out that guy over there. What's what's his story? You know, like, you know, who's this guy? You know, and he goes, well, you know who that is, don't you? And I go, no. And he goes, that's Bill Gates. And, I, and I'm just like, I remember calling my mom, going, I don't know about this company, mom. I mean, you know, you should have seen, and you know, because you know the respect <laughs> you normally give for these yeah. three guys, you know, and then you get this, you know, guy who's <laughs> just you know wacky. rocking in his chair. And, so anyway, that was the first time I seen, and I had I didn't talk to him or anything. I just that's what I saw. Um, but uh, uh, you're referring to the other time I had had a interaction with him, interaction with Bill. And what we, we what would happen was is Bill liked to know from his teams, right? He wanted to review the technology. So what they would do is they would schedule you um, to go in front of Bill, and and sometimes you would do it so that you could get ask his opinion about the technical direction of the product. And sometimes it was like, you know, here's a critical decision about, you know, should we take the business this way or this way or however it works, right? And so we get up there and, and I'm presenting, right? <clears throat> but of course, everybody and their dog is, you know, wants to be in on it and they're nervous and, and they're all excited. And so a, a couple, I think there was, I can't remember how many developers there, more senior developers there. And uh, we were doing... Uh, <laughs> debugging over, um, I think it was over Ethernet. I can't remember what oh, the, yeah, what the yeah. specific reference was. But anyway, uh, one of the questions Bill came up with was about the lag time, right? And, and internally, we we you know we talked about this and tried to figure out how, how are we going to do this and blah 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 blah, and and it was still an issue. And so uh, Bill kind of throws this question out there, and and normally. As the as the presenter, right? I'd either deflect it and say, "Hey, we'll, yep. we'll get back to you on that," or yep. I would say, "Here's what we know," and then leave it at that. Can we get you know? So yep. we don't. Yep. And, well, so, and I don't remember his name. <laughs> he he'll probably recognize himself at this point. Um, <laughs> he pops off and says, well, "Well, we can solve that with," and then he says, "You know, I don't know what he said," and it was just like this, you know, laser lock. And he locks right in on the guy, and and I'm thinking, oh no, oh, this is this is not looking good. And and then he starts firing questions. This is Bill. Bill's asking these questions, and the guy, you can tell the guy is thinking, 
oh, I'll just impress him with my, you know, whatever, yeah, you yeah. know. And Bill just, oh my Blew gosh, out of the water. he just went, it was just, the questions just went on and on and on. And the guy didn't have any, because we didn't know, right? I mean, there, there could have been issues with the lag time and how we were doing it and everything, blah, da, 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 da. After the meeting gets over, we get this, I get, it's actually a mail that was forwarded to me from my boss that said, I can't repeat verbatim what it was in the mail, but basically it was, that guy needs to be down the road now. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm, oh no, no, wait, this is a, this is a smart guy, this is a smart yeah. guy, you yeah. know, just like, you know. And so, Bill just was that way. I mean, he's just an extremely intense, very smart individual. He just, you know, I mean, you know, you, yeah. the, the times yeah. you'd seem like he'd go to the company parties and they had a, this place called Radar Lake up in... Uh, you know, it was like a, uh, a place where you would test skis. You know, oh, O'Brien yeah, yeah. skis, I think is what it was. It was O'Brien skis. Um, anyway, and, and so Bill would go there, and he would. They would bet him, like you know, I bet you can't jump this garbage can, or I bet you can't jump this car, or I mean stuff like that. You know, and he'd do it. You know, he just, you know, he just was. <laughs> He was definitely, you, you would look at him and you wouldn't think he would be that way, but he's just like, you know, he, he had this, I guess, maybe I had like a, not a gymnast ability, but he did have, you know, he liked to trampoline, he liked to jump yeah. on the trampoline at times, <laughs> and, and he did all, there's a lot of eclectic things that Bill did, so, anyway, that was, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, I think that's so interesting when you get to have experiences like that where, especially interactions like that, that you remember him, you know, being like who he was and then, yeah. um, ah, I think that's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. And then, so after your second tour of duty mm -hmm. at Microsoft, mm -hmm. um, moved on to Synergy, which is a, another really cool uh, company to hear about mm -hmm. and um, talk, tell me a little bit more about I think Synergy is really interesting because I think it really plays into some of your other passions. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, those are the big reasons that it stands out to me. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of how I ended up with the job. I'd, uh, I would, And this was, this probably was the second stint in research I was working for because um, I, I remember seeing, it was actually the founders, founders of Synergy's wife who worked in research as well. And so she had was friends with my boss. And so they knew each other, right? They knew of a, knew of each other. And uh, at the time, he you know, he my boss had mentioned to her that you know, there's this guy that you know, he's technical or whatever, but he just loves sports. <laughs> just loves sports. And so um, <laughs> at, at some point, you know, it turned into this you know, you should, they should talk to you or you should talk to them or something like that, right? And um, <laughs> so uh, we had this call and, and uh, I talked to the CEO of the company at the time and uh, he, we talked, it was kind of like, uh, okay, yeah, maybe someday or something like that. Yeah. Just, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd say, I don't know, two or three months later, I get this call again. Same, this is from Garrick, and he says, um, I'd, I'd like to interview you. And I said, oh, okay. I thought, you know, you were, you know, this wasn't a fit right now yeah. or something like that. And he goes, well, things have changed or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, 
And I interviewed with the company, and the company is, is great. What they do is, is they... Yeah, tell um, me a little bit more about Synergy. <laughs> they are um, <laughs> a... I guess video analytics is the best way to call it, uh, describe it, right? They um, take... Uh, they have this army of loggers who log um, video, right? And they, and they attach... I guess the easy way to describe this without giving away everything is, is they they tag the video so that it's searchable and uh, fine you know so you can so if you're a coach right and you want to know <coughs> um, how do we play LeBron James in the last two minutes of the game when he's facing his own defense or whatever <coughs> then um, bring up all the clips when he when he faces this right and so all our the tag video would have that ability and then the coach would come in there and log that and then he'd just watch clip after clip of these same things right, right? so he could compare how the various zone defenses worked in that instance right so that's what they did that's the the, the business premise, model the yeah premise of what they're doing right um but when the company was formed um garrick's a basketball guy he used to work in the nba as an assistant coach in the nba worked with paul westfall and oh, stuff cool. like that and um uh, and but but uh computer science is not his first and foremost yeah he's not he's a right. he's a yeah. sports guy but he's a non-technical guy exactly um but he he met a former uh well actually the guy his name is nils lar he actually uh worked at microsoft at one point and he also worked in a, in a lot of different companies, you uh, and and he and Garrick had kind of put formed a partnership and put this company together, but the company was smallish and uh, kind of a startup in a way. Yeah, it was weird because they because he'd worked in in the NBA and he ha- and he has connection with Mark Cuban. Mm. Um, the company was utilized by most all the NBA teams, right? So it wasn't like they had a problem with adoption, but. Some of the technology they were using, I guess I just I just felt that some of it was a little outdated, a little dated. Yeah, especially well, the user interfaces were just just hideous. Some of it, <laughs> some of it was bad. Um, so when I started there, I mean, one of the things I was trying to do is trying to figure out like what is it. And he was Garrick's really, you know, great guy, dynamic, and does a lot of stuff like this. And he's looking at other sports and all these things, and I'm like, well it's going to be hard to scale this because all this stuff is written, you know, <laughs> it's a basketball card. It's a fixed, you know, thing. And so, like, you know, even talking about baseball, it's like, well, you know, all the stadiums are different sizes and, you know. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, and the they don't necessarily have a camera. Changes. You know, it's not like you can just sit there and pan the camera back right. and forth like you can in basketball. So, anyway, <clears throat> long story was is that uh, some of the, the <laughs> things that I did there was – you know, just things that uh, some of it was stuff I picked up from Microsoft, and other things are just like you know, like no, we really should have a you know a review from a user interface specialist, or have a design done by a user interface specialist, or just like basic, or, you know, some technical yeah, well, process. Just, like here's like best practices, like yeah, exactly, you know. exactly, you know, and uh, <laughs> so, but the, but the company was, uh, you know. I, sometimes I don't know how. I mean, sometimes I don't know how they held the thing together because they were just flying. I mean, they were just you know young. Just it, it did remind me of the early days of Microsoft. I mean, they're just smart, a lot of smart guys, and but they were sometimes a little misguided and things like that. So I 
did a lot of different things at Synergy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are multiple. I hats. wore a lot of different were, hats uh, at, at Synergy. Yes. You were part of the glue that helped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. it, it was fun. I, I really liked it. So I think one of the interesting things about Synergy that you talked about <laughs> that is incredibly relevant now is the fact that the whole company effectively is remote. Yeah. It's like you. I mean, you have people just. You know, technically, it sounds like the the headquarters is here in Washington. Yeah. But it seems like everybody else is all over the globe, which is really interesting because you know, as we're in this whole COVID thing right now, and everybody else is working remote, there's a lot of the the precedence on that is synergy is probably not affected very much by that because they're already used to working remote. But it's it is interesting to kind of observe managing a team remotely and being able to you know. Uh, check up with people around the globe in in real time to be able to execute on these product launches. Oh yeah, well, so you're you're right. Synergy has been brutal from the beginning. In fact, I, to me, it was a dream job. I'm working from home for a technology company that does sports. I mean, it's a win-win across can't the board. Have picked yeah. a better thing. And, you know, that was one of the things that I didn't. I was always surprised that Microsoft wasn't very. I guess remote. leading edge about yeah. about being working remotely. Yeah, it may have just been my role there, but at Synergy we always work remote. In fact, I I never even met the guy that I worked for probably for the first year and a half <laughs> or so. I I mean I knew his voice. Yeah, but if he walked into a room, the only way I'd know him is by him out. I couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. <laughs> he, no, he paid me. I had no idea what he looked like. Um, so, but so for them managing remotely is just that's it, part of the job. Yeah, and. And we had development staff, um, a lot of Eastern Bloc guys and stuff like that. So we would just coordinate so that where, where, where we really wanted to meet, like, you know, important meetings and stuff like that, would probably be early morning for them, which was late. I mean, early morning for us, late for them, right? Yeah. And that would be the time where we overlap and cover the things that were essential. And other than that, it was like, okay, you, you know, write code. You know, we're not going to interrupt you yep. with meetings. We're not going to do anything like updates. that. And, and, and there's glitches in that, you know, especially in, you know, if you find a bug or something like that and you don't want to go down in U.S. time, you know, you want to, you know, handle it in a timely fashion. But, you know, we worked around those things. But, but yeah, the, the synergy probably, the biggest effect on synergy with COVID is probably the NBA and, well, cancellation of the NCAA tournament and everything like that. Yeah. Because they're into, I mean, yeah. basically soup to nuts for basketball. For, so. from a, yeah, from a business standpoint, but from the, like, development yeah, standpoint, development they're standpoint. just, you know, yeah. continuing to yeah. cruise. It, and it, then it was going. like, you know, okay, so what? You know, we got to stay home? Great. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. It is, well, it had to be really interesting moving from a company like Microsoft, mm -hmm. especially, like, when you're with Microsoft the first time around, kind of like you said, where mm -hmm. it's kind of a free-for-all in a way, mm -hmm. and then you start up small company culture, mm -hmm. and then you go to more of this bureaucracy under Balmer as far oh. as like a you know a, here's the systems here's the positions here's the org chart you know it's it's a lot more organized is what I would say yeah. in a way and then it's it had to be interesting going back to this startup culture in a way where it's like you know almost true startup in a way where it's like they hadn't even thought of the idea of like okay bring in a UI designer like to like <laughs> think through some of these things yeah. it's like it's very yeah. you know growth centric but very much in its infancy in, in some ways. Oh, yeah. It was totally in its infancy in a lot of ways. Yeah. it To me, it was refreshing to go back to that kind of thing. Um, but it was kind of a shock to me because m maybe I'd been too long in a big company to realize how many things that they really didn't have. Like, I remember that they didn't really want anybody to take vacation in the months of, you know, 
October and November because that's when the college basketball season was getting going. And they were like, we need all hands on deck. And I'm like, you know, people do have birthdays or families or there's, you know, you gotta, you gotta have enough that you can, people can do these kind of things. And they're like, well, we never done that before. I'm like going, well, well, we're going to have to switch that around a little bit. So <laughs> we had, I had a little meeting with HR or whatever, and we talked about that. I mean, I mean and, and, they, and they finally saw, I mean, they saw, I think they saw the point. It's just that they, maybe they'd just been doing it so long and it was just so much that's where they were at that mm-hmm. it didn't really bother them. But, you know, coming from a company like Microsoft and I come here and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, you can't, I can't tell. You know, like I couldn't come to you and say, oh, I know you're having a baby in November, but, you know, you can't have any days off. You know, you're just going to have to work because that's the college basketball season start. And I'm like going, oh, I just doesn't don't work know. that way. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely interesting in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, well, transitioning a little bit from that, Rick. Yeah. I know one of the big things that we end up talking about a lot of the time is in your free time, when you weren't working with Microsoft or Synergy, you got really into stock trading, which is, I think, is a a really interesting area that, (laughs) you know, we end up talking a lot about the news behind it. A lot of these uh, Mm -hmm. tech companies that are getting to, you know, public offerings and then trading those stocks back and forth. What have been, um, you know, some of the highlights of that or as well as, you know, how have you seen... Um, some of these tech companies run really in the t- uh, the publicly traded marketplace. Oh, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I when I started doing it, I I was doing it like a probably like a conservative value investor. I'm like trying to invest money that I'd made from my career and stuff like that. Um, but but then I would see companies that have a, a bright future, right, and and know to invest in them. But then I would also see companies that like, I mean, I went through the dot-com boom, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and I saw a lot of flameouts, and I'm just like, so I, I guess I had a lot of, I was jaded a lot about sure. these, companies coming. These, I remember when Facebook came out, and everybody's like, oh, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Or when Google came out, you know, and it's like, Google, you know, and it's like, and I'm like, well, you know, it's just search, or it's just, you know, whatever it was, you know. networking. Uh, you know, and, and and it's not that I didn't, it didn't, eventually start trading those things just like I would anything else. <coughs> but it's just, I wasn't on the cutting edge venture. Like some guys I are my friends with that, you know, they do these, uh, uh, like angel investors, right? Mm-hmm. They'll just, just oh, see yeah. money and stuff like that. That's just not for me. I just don't, I guess I'm just not visionary enough. I'm more of a, you know, uh, I don't want to say conservative investor. Cause I, I definitely don't, I definitely do trades and stuff like that that wouldn't necessarily be considered conservative. But I like to think that I'm conservative in the fact that I believe in companies that are going to, you know, survive and yeah. and thrive, I yeah. guess. So, you yeah. know. Cool. No, I, I totally agree with you in that regard. I think it's, um, you know, you can have, especially being in the industry, I think you have that vision of the long term of like you can kind of see when a company is telling the truth or kind of making up things along <laughs> yeah. the way and um, be able to kind of react in that regard. I think yeah. that's, a, that's an excellent point in that. <laughs> so awesome. Well, Rick, I think those were the big questions I had for you today. Thanks so much for jumping on the show and talking through a little bit of your history. <laughs> it was really cool to hear, and uh, I'm sure we'll do it again here soon. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Nels. I'm, I'm glad you had me on your show. So. Awesome. Thank right. you, guys. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of Tatonic. If you guys enjoy the show, hit that subscribe button or scroll down and leave us a rating. 
You can also find out everything we're up to on social media at Tatonic Podcast. And as always, at nelstate.com. We'll see you guys next week on Tatonic. Tatonic.